Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 1. Here's Pastor Ryan. And then, what happens in the end? Follow that to the end. We're eternal beings. We're mortal. We ain't dying. Alright? Follow that to the end. You're in heaven and they're not. And if you look at the story of, of um, the rich man and Lazarus and how he, he um, you know, didn't, you know, the rich man had his good things and Lazarus was left hanging and, and the rich man was left in hell. He was begging, begging to have another opportunity to go back to earth to tell his family not to come to this place. That's how serious eternal life is. That's how real hell is. And here Jesus is saying, if anyone is ashamed of me in this adulterous and sinful generation, that's some real stuff. But he said it, so I'm free. You can still hate me. I'd be an honor to be punched in the face for Jesus Christ. But don't get any ideas. <laughs> he wasn't ashamed who wrote it, for the king wrote it. The king wrote it. Don't be ashamed of it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And so... He says it right here. Why is he not ashamed? Because it is the power of God to salvation. The gospel is powerful. So why would Paul be ashamed of something that's powerful? No way. He's not ashamed. Why? why? It's powerful. So he's not ashamed of it. How powerful is it? The gospel is so powerful that it took Paul the Apostle, who was Saul, who was a Pharisee, Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day. No one was Jew, more Jewish than him, who was trained in the best schools in Jerusalem, who persecuted Christians, who arrested women and children and dragged them to, to jail, who were believers in Christ, who... who held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, the first martyr of the church. Paul killed Christians. But the gospel is so powerful that it completely and utterly changed his life. That's how powerful he is, it is. So he knows it's powerful, so he's enthusiastic about what he's bringing to the church in Rome. I'm not ashamed of it, because look what it did for me. He's not ashamed of it because he saw a pagan city like Ephesus, a pagan city like Corinth, where men were perverse. Switch. What switched them? What changed their heart? What changed their mind? The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's that powerful. And if it can change Ephesus and Corinth, then it can change Las Vegas, and it can change our country. It can change Washington and any other city you want to throw under the bus. <laughs> it's powerful. Rome itself, that was known to be a cesspool. In fact, uh, um, the poet, the Roman poet Seneca, uh, called the city of Rome a cesspool of inequity. And when you think about power, the gospel is powerful. Romans respected power. 
Rome was known, the Roman Empire in generally was known for being iron-fisted, mighty in power. Greece, they had their philosophies. Rome was known for, if you mess with them, you get crushed, right? They were known for power. But yet, like I mentioned, their capital city, like today, the cities around the world, cesspool of inequity. And the writer Juvenal, another uh, uh, Roman uh, philosopher, uh, he said that Rome is a filthy sewer into which the dregs of the empire flood. So it was just known as being, and as, no, as, as much as it was known for being powerful, the reality is that it was weak. Why was it weak even though it had the most mighty military on earth? Because morally they were, they were wrong. And so, um, and such is the way things are today. A nation is not strong by the size of its military but on its godly morals. That's why we have to pray for our country. That's why we're still here. Why else are we here? Why else did Jesus save us? For those of us who have put our faith in him. So that we can restrain the evil that's going around town and everywhere else. Someone's got to say, uh, no, it's not right. The Bible says that he says it's not right. But some are like, nah, don't get involved. Live your life. I can't do that. I got to warn people. You got to warn people. He's coming back. Jesus said, let no one deceive you. You know, and so, um, it's, and the good thing about the times we're living in and, and as they're getting crazier, the gospel is powerful. More powerful than those hypersonic missiles that the Russians and the Chinese and I think we may have one or two or whatever. Whatever. The real power is the Lord. And we are his adopted children. He's a God of the fatherless. The one that really wields the power is saying to all of us, now go and make disciples of all nations. Share the gospel with people. Don't share your, your faith timidly. Go enthusiastically. Like what I'm about to give you is going to blow your mind. And you don't even know it. But here goes. And just to share with people what Jesus did for you. It'll change them. Even those who don't want to be changed. The seed is still placed there. You never know what that'll lead to. Share with as many people as, as you can. Someone's going to, so a fish out there is going to bite the hook. Eventually, you're fishing for a long, you know, it's like fishing for men. It's not like you're going to, you know, that's why I don't go fishing because it's too frustrating. Takes forever. I don't have that kind of patience. But we keep fishing. Someone's going to bite. You, you have to believe someone's going to bite, or you, we don't really believe there's power in what Jesus brings. There is. He changed your life and He changed mine. If indeed you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, He's changed us. And it's powerful. In Hebrews 1, it, verse 2, it talks about just a description of Jesus. And it, it says that, uh, you know, the Father's Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, 
through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. That's how powerful he is. It's not gravity that's holding us here on earth. It's Jesus. We are alive because Jesus says what we, we should be alive at this very moment. He has the power to say, that's it, Yastuvo. Done. That's why we need to be ready. We know who has the power. We know that if it wasn't for him, we'd, we'd float off into space. It ain't gravity. It's him. He holds everything together. His, his word is so amazing, phenomenally powerful that when he was there at the Garden of Gethsemane and they came to arrest him and he asked the Roman soldiers, who are you here for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And they all fell back to their, they all fell. Can you imagine that? All of those men fell with all those swords and shields and they, they went down to the ground. And humbly they had to dust themselves up stand up and the son of man allowed them to arrest him because he is and was and always is on the throne of what's going on Amen. Hebrews 4.12 for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account the word of God opens it, you, know, you can't hide from it even if, you, if people reject it they cannot hide from it they say you know everyone knows where they were when Kennedy got shot everyone knows when where they were when the, you know, when the first man landed on the moon or, or when the Twin Towers came down in New York. Everyone knew where they were. The Word of God is so powerful that I bet that for us who have put our faith in Christ, we can look back and remember those that first planted a seed of His Word in our heart. It's crazy, but you can go back and you know where you were Looking back, who was the first to share Christ to you? Who, what, what, what was going on? You, you'll be able to go back there and, 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 and just remember clearly. That's how powerful the word of God is. So share it with someone. Drop a seed. Someone's going to bite eventually. Imagine if all of us went crazy and just began sharing our faith with everybody. Everywhere, at the store, at the gas station, at play, wherever we go. Hey, you know, giving flyers to the church, you know, or sharing tracts, Bibles, whatever. Just imagine if all of us did that like crazy. This place would be overflowing. What are we waiting for? Just lock and load and give it to somebody. And another reason why he's not ashamed is he says for, the, it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It's a beautiful word. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. He's not ashamed because it's not, it's not uh, you know, the, the gospel isn't prejudiced. It isn't limited to just one group of people. 
Paul would say, yes, it's for the Jew first, but also for the Greek. Why the Jew first? Well, because according to the scripture, they are God's chosen people. And God said it's because of his grace, not because they were something special. It does say that in the Old Testament, that he was, he was it's, his, it's for his reasons. Who are we to question God? He said, they will be my people. So we're okay with that. But not only that, but they were the custodians of the scriptures. They were the custodian of the revelation of God. We wouldn't know Moses if it wasn't for the Jews. We wouldn't know the commandments if it wasn't for them. Can you imagine carrying a big old the law for thousands of years? You know, if you're gonna, if you're, if we're all gonna decide who should hear the gospel first, we'd probably say the the people who have been carrying those heavy stones around for thousands of years. Yeah, they did. They brought us the revelation of God. They were the custodians, and not to mention our Lord. Out of all the people in the world, and as a Mexican Hawaiian Arab, I'm fine with Jesus not being Hawaiian. I'm fine with Jesus not being Mexican. And I'm fine with Jesus not being Arabic. I say that because so many people, oh, he's got to be this. He's got to be that. Oh, he's my savior. Probably looks nothing like me. But he's still my savior and I'm okay with that by faith. He was Jewish. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just picturing Jesus surfing right now in Hawaii. <laughs> but Jesus said in John 4, 22, and he said it to the Samaritan woman. He said, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. He said that salvation is, it goes to them first. Matthew 15, 24, Jesus said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mary's people, Joseph's people, King David's people. It went to them first. Paul the Apostle, as you know, in his ministry, whenever he went to a new city, he went to the Jews first. He went to the synagogue in fulfillment of Scripture that they should hear this first. They were the custodians of the Scriptures. They know what we're talking about. Let's give it to them. See what they, how they would respond. And we know that, uh, you know, three times in Scripture, it shows that they rejected him. And he said, well, in that case, I'm going to the Gentiles. Which is also according to Scripture. That a people yet to be born, a people who were not of my people, will become my people, Jesus said. Speaking of the Gentile world. All of us. It would go from them to the Gentiles And guess what? One day it's going to go right back to them during the Great Tribulation when the church is out of here. In Romans 11.25, it says, Paul says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so evangelism is important to the whole world, but we should also keep in mind uh, the Jews all over the world. We are, we are connected to them like nobody's business. And I realized that when I went to Israel in uh, 2001. I realized, the Lord showed me, 
that what he says in scripture is true. He is not done with them. Everything in your soul knows it when you're there. He is not done. And your Bible tells you he is not done. So bless them. Pray for them to have their eyes open that Jesus Christ indeed is their Mashiach, their Messiah. Because uh, they're going to go through a lot of problems in the future because the Antichrist is going to dupe them. But they're going to have their eyes awakened and realize. So anyways, we move on. But anyways, it's for the whole world. So he's not, he's not ashamed of the gospel because it's for everyone. All have sinned. All sinners. Not one sinner is better than the other sinner. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Whatever that nasty sin is that we were involved in before, His blood can cover that. No matter your family background, no matter if you've been loved, if you were loved as a child or not, or, 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 or not loved, it doesn't matter. Mary Magdalene was possessed by seven demons. Seven. Three would be devastating. Seven is over the top. But she was, she was possessed by seven demons. And she's the first person to see the resurrected Lord. So we cannot say, sit here and say, this is for only pretty world people. The gospel isn't for pretty world people who have only been demon-possessed by one demon. It's for people who have even been demon-possessed by a legion of demons. So no matter where you are in the scale of crazy, nasty sin that you've been saved by, be encouraged. Be, have hope. He can take care of all of it. Make you walk clean slate. No rap sheet. No matter what it is. And he can change you to hate the things that we used to be involved in. And, and, and he, he gives us the strength over sin. Because we're in these bodies, right? So we, as long as we're in these bodies, we're still going to struggle with temptation of the flesh. This body is wicked. Our bodies. And so there's a war between our spirit and our flesh. And as we walk with the Lord in the Spirit, the body has absolutely no power over us. So every nasty thought, every nasty thing that our body wants to do, the Spirit of God in us gives us the ability to say, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. We'll not think that, be that, that's what I used to be, I'm not that anymore. And whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are true and of good report, I meditate on those things. And, and the, you know, and you're good. And if you're tempted, pray. Jesus said to pray lest you enter into temptation. And it's not all the time. We're in these bodies. All of you guys get tempted. I don't care how old or how young you are. And me, myself, we all get tempted. But what we do when we get tempted matters a lot. And what we do is we go to prayer, because that's what Christians do. We pray when we're tempted. We get in the Word. Whatever it is that's tempting, tempting you, you get away from it. You don't keep at arm's distance. You get rid of it. You get rid of it. You kill it. You get rid of it. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. 
If your right hand causes you to, to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter into heaven maimed than to have all of your faculty, all of your limbs, and go into hell, fire, where the worm does not die and where there's gnashing of the teeth. That's what Jesus said. So there's a lot to be said about these verses. And uh, because Romans is a doctrinal book, we hung out in it a, a, a lot. So we'll get into the, the, the righteousness of God revealed. How is it revealed? Through condemnation. What? We cannot even get saved unless we know we're condemned. That's next week. Send this video to Joel Olstein. Maybe he'll play it. No, but serious. What does it mean now? What is it? We're going to get into it's going to get into all kinds of sins next week, right? And and but the thing is, it's true. Like he's saying, Jesus said, "Look, I didn't come to condemn the world." That's what he said. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his son to save the world. You know, not to condemn it. Why? Why? Because the world's already condemned. And if we don't agree with that, how can we get saved? We would say, "No, I'm I'm not that bad of a person. I'm not condemned." And we won't accept them. But when we come to Christ, we must acknowledge, you know what? I am under judgment. I am condemned. I am not going to heaven if I die. Now I can get saved. But if you think that you're good enough, clean enough, not that bad enough, he, he, he can't work with that. Anyways, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a beautiful living sword that cuts both ways. Cuts us with grace and mercy and love and it cuts us with correction and rebuke and, and judgment. We're grateful, Lord, for both those things. For you say, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. For he chastens those whom he loves. Help us to be the people that you want us to be. We are your children, Papa. Help us to be good Christians, to love you and love one another. Help us to forgive one another. To not seek our own, but to seek how we can bless others. And I pray for all of us that know you here. That we would be men and women fishermen like crazy this week. And just start inviting everybody. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. And while all heads are bowed, if you're here this morning and God has spoken to your heart and you know that you need to get right with Jesus and you're willing to repent of your sins and give him your heart and ask him to come into your heart, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now while all heads are bowed so that I can lead you in a prayer. Is there anybody here that God has spoken to that you know you need to do that? Please, don't let pride get in the way. Not a day is promised to any of us. You want to be right with God. He loves you so much. He sent his son to die on the cross for your sins and mine. Is there anybody here? How about a rededication? All right. How about a rededication? Amen. Is there anybody else who would like to rededicate their life? You've confessed them. 
You've loved them. You've loved him, but then it became distant. And you haven't been walking the way you should. If that's you and you want to rededicate your, your life, please raise your hand. All right, sister, say this with me. Father God, forgive me for my sins. I love you because you first loved me. But Lord, I haven't loved you the way I should. Help me now. Forgive me and cleanse me of my sins. And help me to do your word. To not just hear it, but to do it. To put my trust in you and to follow you every day of my life. And to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.